from like a week or two ago. Right on. Yeah. Dang it. I just deleted our intro. All right. Well, we'll do this one. Oh, you know, there's trouble in the podcast <laughs> world when you hear the tasting and our backup music. I'm your uh, one host, Mason. And that's and I'm, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know what? This is the thing, I, and I've complained about this before. They mm-hmm. put they put the delete button on it right in the middle at the very base of the music. Uh-huh. So if I so if I really quickly go click on it, it's really easy to hit the delete. I can I can understand that. Like the, this is one of those things where like I have the Mac laptop, which doesn't have a touch screen. Mm-hmm. I have the iPad, which I essentially don't use anymore. And I mean, like my iPad is like an Air 2 or something like that. So I think it's nearly 10 years old. And then I've got the 13 Pro, not the Max, but like my cell phone. Mm-hmm. And like I like I am pretty good with the cursor you know, like on like the trackpad mm-hmm. and like on the, the laptop, I don't really make a lot of misclicks. Okay. But at work on my windows computer at work, I make all sorts of misclicks. I misclick crap all the time on my phone. <laughs> like I don't know when I got so bad at interfacing with a device, you know, like, yeah, I, I like, I first built a computer in like 10th grade or something like that. And I wasn't like particularly computer efficient before I built a computer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like classic, I built an XP computer. And like, I knew a guy who was using Linux and had like, this was just when you could get the NVIDIA driver to do like transparent effects. Like in Linux and like he had figured out how to do that. And I was like, Hmm. I built my own computer and he's like, I've been using Linux since like I was in fifth grade. And like, it was his choice. Not like his dad was like an ODU computer professor or something, you know, where you're like, Oh yeah, of course you're using Linux. So now I feel like every time I have to like interact with a computer, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and actually he's talking about getting like a Nintendo switch. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't really know how that works. <laughs> like, right. they, they They've got the little like, screen thing but you're supposed to be able to play it on the tv and i'm like i don't know how these connect so i was watching this one guy from my understanding it's like it's it's basically the controller comes apart into two and then you can put the Mm -hmm. screen between that and it becomes like a game boy which we're dating ourselves by calling it a game boy i guess but and then and then when you want to play on the tv you take the screen part out and like plug it in like a cartridge, like on Super or on mm. Nintendo 64. And then the controller comes back together into one piece. I think with the coming back together thing. Yeah. Like because the, the two side pieces are called Joy-Cons. Okay. I think there's like something that you get that goes in the middle because otherwise they're oh. too close together. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. yeah I, haven't like, se- I haven't seen it. I mean, what was it? I mean, you and I both worked in the video game industry. Mm hmm. But I think the last system that I sold was PS3, I guess. Which, what PS are they on now? Five. Five? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while. And and then, uh, I mean, the Wii was, the Wii had just come out when when we were selling stuff. 
Yeah, but I think like the Wii U was coming out or was soon to launch when you left there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, I kind of I do kind of remember people asking about it. Yeah, like I don't remember. I don't think the Wii U was out when I left. I don't know. But either way, like um but like my wife has been talking about getting one, so you know, been doing a little bit of like mild research cuz like there's a bunch of old games like we have an original Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, a 64, a GameCube, and a Wii that all work. Okay. Like we well, have then, all yes. of the accessories. I think like we may not have the video cables for the GameCube, but like you can get those pretty easily on like eBay. Um, so we've got like all of the video game systems from Nintendo, but we don't have a Wii U and we don't have the Switch. And the Switch has been out since like 2017. So I was a little like really? reticent uh, to buy oh, one. Yeah, it's been a while. I didn't I didn't realize it had been out that long. Yeah, but in 2000 in October they released an OL, OLED screen version. So it's oh, okay. not like they're not phasing it out in the next year as far as I can tell. But you can get a bunch of the old games on it. But I'm like I could just go play like I own the old games already. Right. You know what I mean? So like it's just one of those things where it's like, and because, you know, having a kid, like my kid doesn't like, she kind of understands how to like click on a video on YouTube and she yeah. gets how to like play the next episode on her show on like Netflix or something like that, like on the TV, but she doesn't have an iPad. She doesn't have any tablet device. Like if my family bought her one, I would make them take it back. And if my okay. wife's family bought her one, I would make them take it back. And well, we yeah, we we actually Victoria and I talked about that a little bit. Where I was like, I don't know if we should even let them. Like I, I I'm much more. Um, you know, I didn't have a TV until I was like five or six in our house yeah. at all. And um, I'm much more sympathetic to like my mom's position on that now that I'm older. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I think maybe limited TV time is fine, but like I'm much more. Like I kind of get where she was coming from a lot more than when I was little and I was like, I want to watch TV. And she's like, no, we're not going to have a television. <laughs> yeah. Like my daughter will, you know, at times it's like, like if she's not feeling well, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, she's not feeling well, like, okay. Or like when she just gets up in the morning sometimes, but yeah. like I'm trying to reinstitute a rule in the house of at least once a week where we don't use the television after dinner. So hmm. like we play board games, she's got a million Barbies. We'll play Barbies. Like she's got like today, she like took one of her teddy bears out and was like doing a fashion show with the teddy bears. I was watching this guy on YouTube fix a bunch of stuff because hmm. like he's got an electronics fixing channel. So I was like, I was just watching it and I was like, this could have been Jacob and me. Like, yeah, just randomly repairing stuff. What's the guy? Because I want to uh, plug Tronics my guy. fix. Really? Okay. So there's a guy that I watch where he fixes old video games and TVs and things like that mm -hmm. called Borderline OCD. Hmm. And he is the he's got like no emotions at all, but he's it's amazing the stuff he fixes. But like my favorite part about it is like when he actually does like a really hard repair, he's always like, wow, that was quite exciting. 
I'm actually very impressed with my ability to fix this. I like he's like he doesn't have any inflection in his voice. Yeah, he's just a really he's very clearly like something's up with him, and I anybody knows it. I'm sure. And well, uh, it also could be one of those guys where like, um, he may just be putting it up. You know what I mean? Be, like, yeah, he because you know how like when you first like record something, you're kind of like usually you're not very fluid. Right. So like I could see like him having put up a couple videos like that. And then people really like dug into that. So he just went with it. There's a, there's this kid who does uh, it's, he, he goes by the review of the week. Okay. And he's like this very, very pale, very, very thin guy who will like, it's like, he'll be wearing like an ascot, like, and have the full suit and he's wearing like oh, a mascot and like, but he's reviewing like the ghost pepper burger from like Burger King. And he keeps his fingernails like to me uncomfortably long, but like he, okay. he like he put out a video where he was like, you know, like I'm not like, there's like, this isn't some sort of like sexual statement or something like that. Like he kind of went through his reasons of like keeping his fingernails long. And he's like, if you guys don't like the fact that I keep my fingernails long, I'm not going to cut them. Just go watch something else. Yeah. And like, it kind of like led me to like a very empathetic moment where I was like, cause it used to bother me too. And then I was just like, what do I care? Like I find him pretty jovial and like, I don't watch a lot of his stuff, but you know, he's, yeah, he just has a very interesting take. He's a very nice person, it seems. And, you know, he's just funny. So I like, right. I like watching his stuff every once in a while. But like the Tronics Fix guy, like he repairs electronics, I think, for a living, like in a shop and then has a YouTube channel where he does it. So I don't think he's like the other guy where like he goes out and tries to repair like classic style stuff. Okay. Cause like yeah. he's like, He's the guy like there's a you may have seen like depending on your YouTube suggestions. Like, oh, I have I have seen this guy. I just looked it yeah. up. So he gets like pallets I, of yeah, broken pallets stuff. of broken stuff and then tries. I've seen I have seen him before. Actually, I think yeah. he and the dude that I'm talking about, the borderline OCD, have sent each other stuff that they that one of them couldn't fix. And they'll go, well, yeah, let's see if an, he can fix it. There's an hour long video of a guy that I thought might've been the guy you were talking about. I didn't watch any of it. So I didn't okay. see any of his affect okay. but where he was talking and it was just like tronic fix. Couldn't fix this. Let's see if I could, but yeah, it like at first when I read the title and like something about it made me seem like he was like doing like a air quotes, mic drop on tronic fix kind of like, this idiot couldn't do it. Let's see if I can. And but then, like when I went back, I was kind of like, no, that I'm just reading something yeah. rudely, because like, how the hell did he get a hold of it? Otherwise, like, well, this guy, like, I've got a lot of nostalgia, even though I only had like three games for it. Um, a huge amount of nostalgia for Game Gear mm-hmm. because because I wasn't allowed to have video game systems. I happened to get a Game Gear from my friend Corey. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it was, you know, once it was old yeah and i also i don't remember if i got it from Corey or if i got it from my friend danny but one of them also gave me a, a game boy so i did actually have two handhelds when i mm-hmm. was fairly young maybe maybe 10 um and 
he this guy borderline ocd recently fixed or well he's been attempting he's got several videos already of it trying to fix a game gear mm-hmm. um he's i've seen older videos where he has fixed a game gear this one just happens to be really difficult but this is sort of it this is his hobby i don't know what he does for a living but um his hobby is just trying to fix things that are old and don't work and what's interesting to me about them I, I started reading a little bit more about this when he fixed a uh, – do you remember the Virtual Boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- uh, my friend Danny actually had one, and I I remember the tennis game on it, and but we never played it because we couldn't play it together because he only had mm-hmm. – that was kind of part of the issue, I guess, with Virtual Boy is nobody could watch you. But it was also the most painful effing thing to use. So I never remember it being that difficult because I do remember playing it and thinking it was really cool, but we just didn't play it very much. Like well, we played, we would play it a little bit, but then we go play. You know, he had every game system. He had a Sega CD and all that sort of stuff too. Mm-hmm. But uh, he repaired one of those recently, and he kind of went through it. And he was like, he's like, one thing that um, you know people don't always talk about is that a lot of these systems were just not really very well made. Yeah, I, they just would get cheap parts. They they would break a lot, um, especially the first versions of games of game systems. And, and I do kind of recall this. I don't know if you used to get this at uh, where you worked. Uh, it wasn't EB Games anymore. It was it was GameStop by then. I I worked at the one at Lane Haven Mall that still had the EB Games signage because they were okay. st- They were GameStop and EB Games were across the hall from each other at one point. But yeah, it was just all GameStop when I worked there. Yeah, okay. Cuz yeah, I used to go to EB all the time, but uh the I don't remember why that that triggered it. But do you remember that people used to come in all the time and complain about the Xbox 360 um the red ring? Yeah, the red ring. That's right. Yeah. So, like I worked for GameStop after the red ring was kind of it you know, air quotes finished. Okay. Um, they still happened and, and things like that, but like I didn't start working for GameStop until after like those had basically it, like they'd found a way to stop that happening. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So and but he says that's actually like that's pretty typical. He says like yeah, a lot of times these the first versions have problems. They let them out. That's sort of them, I guess, belt beta testing it to see if. Uh, like seeing what the problems are because there's only so much testing you can do in like yeah. in the factory or whatever. And um, so one of the, my favorite repairs that he's done, because this is another one that I have like an odd nostalgia for is, is the Atari Jaguar, mm-hmm. which like, it's like a, another weird one. Like why do I have a nostalgia for it? Other than I do, I had one friend who had one and we played it a lot, but I had kind of forgotten about it until he repair he bought a a box of them on ebay for really cheap and it came with three and he was able to get two working again and it was just it was just really cool and i was like oh yeah that's right i remember that 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 system because i didn't have any of these i wasn't allowed to play video games except for on the computer yeah um he had he actually also did a funny computer repair he had give he had a laptop in 1995 that he had given to like a cousin or something like that Mm-hmm. And then recently he saw his cousin and his cousin had kept it and gave hmm. it back to him. So his cousin apparently used it for uh, for several years as like a, just a word processor or whatever, gave it back to him and he got it back working again. 
Nice. Which was really cool. I, I don't know. I like I, I like seeing this sort. I don't know how we got on this topic. I just I like it. Well, like, and this is like when you were texting me about like the middle of the day, this is, this is what I had been watching. So oh, okay. like it just, it's one of those things where like, <clears throat> like the guy was talking about like how the PlayStation fours all routinely had bad South bridges and stuff like that. And like these weird APU issues where they would get the blue light of death. And yeah. like, I was just sitting there going like, you know, it's one of those things where like, there are very few pieces of consumer electronics that I have bought where I basically got a dud. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we bought a used Xbox and eventually it died. Okay. We bought a new Xbox. And then I think my brother, like my brother played it sufficient enough that we got our money's worth. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he played it so much before it broke like the Fiesta. I have like 123,000 miles on my Ford Fiesta. Like, I think if Ford found out that I had a 2012 that was still running in 2022 that has had the transmission serviced once and it was like the repair, sir, like the reprogram yeah, the, service. Yeah, but when, when, they had to, when they had the recall on it. Oh, no, they've had like four different recalls on the transmissions. And like, oh, really? I, yeah, I've only like, had one. Or, well, or maybe, the, maybe I only got it repaired once. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, that's the thing is like, they have this like known issue with the transmissions and, you know, it's basically like unheard of that <laughs> they last this long and like mine's still chugging along. It's fine. Like I don't really have a lot of issues with it. Yeah. I mean, you have more miles like, on yours, but I still use mine. Like, yeah. And uh, actually another good example of that, of just of electronics that I've had no problem with. I still have that TV I bought when I first moved out of my parents' house and we yeah. still use it. Oh, and that's the thing is like my, my wife and I bought a new television when, you know, a couple like a, like a year and a half ago or something like that. But the TV that we got was the one that we got when we got married as yeah. a gift to ourselves. Well, that's been, and and that's like been a, a while. That's been 10 years almost. Yeah, but that's the thing is it sits in our bedroom and we didn't replace it because it was like not functioning. Like there were some issues occasionally trying to play pirated media. And there were some networking issues and I wanted to run it wirelessly as opposed to wired. Okay. But otherwise, it was a perfectly fine television. I think like maybe maybe we've had the other TV for five years now. I don't remember. But yeah, like. You know, I've got two Apple cinema displays, one of which is one that I somehow conned CompUSA from replacing through some warranty I had on it when I got in college. And the other one I bought off of like eBay or something like that. Any other like, I think I remember when you got that second one. Yeah. They're like 15 year old monitors. Yeah. Well, I still have, I still have the, the two monitors that I bought when I first got the job at, at our, your current employer, my previous employer. Yeah, I still, and I still use them. Like they're they're the ones I'm currently talking. I'm using as I talk to you. Yeah, like that's the thing is like you know, I'm not saying that computer electronics are made better or worse now or then. You know, like that's the thing is like you always got that perfect thing. But like, so one of the like, do you kind of know this? The he probably don't know the story of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak kind of working for Atari. Uh, I do. I remember that there is a story. I don't remember exactly what it was. Essentially, 
And this is one of those things where it's like, I don't remember like I know who, how it worked in theory, but I can't remember like the full detail details, but it was like basically Steve Wozniak. Like there was like a, a program at Atari where if you could find a way to reduce the amount of capacitors in one of the systems, you got like a job or like a bonus or something like that. And so jobs knowing Wozniak somehow like got Woz interested in somehow reducing the capacitors in the Atari. Yeah. And he kept just doing it. And it was like, you know, say they started with a hundred when Woz was done, there was like say 50 and like the right. numbers aren't right, but like, sure. And it was like, jo- like Steve, like Wozniak would like reduce it some, and then jobs was somehow like either like Wozniak's boss or somehow related or was just literally getting Woz to do it. And he didn't work there and then paying Woz a small amount of money. I can't remember what it was, but it was something weird like that. And it was like, it's not like Woz just went, Oh, there's a hundred and now there's 50 in one shot. Like he kept, you know, iterations after iteration. So it was kind of like a rinse and repeat is as I remember the story. So it just made me laugh this idea of like, you know, watching these guys on YouTube who like pop stuff open and they're just like, I think this might be the issue. And like at work, a lot of the times there'll be stuff where people are like, Oh, it's this. And I'm like, why do you guys think it's that? And they're like, well this, and I'm like, that's never been a thing. Like the system doesn't work that way. This is the issue. And it's literally on the screen right here. Like, and I've told you guys this like four times now. Right. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, it's different when it's like, you're telling your boss, like, hey, this is the issue. And we've talked about it before, but like, they're the boss, so they don't really have to care about it. Whereas it's like, you're a frontline support person. We've talked about this. I don't know how to explain this any better. (laughs) Like, I'm not, I'm not saying you're dumb and I'm not saying you're wrong or anything, but I've explained this so many times. So, right. Well, and and that's, I mean, it was to, to fill the listeners into what I was talking about. Really? like far away sounding. I do. Uh, I wonder if maybe I hit, hold on a second. Let me see sure. what my settings are. Cause it could be that I screwed up. Cause I did hit my mic by mistake and turned it off. I wonder if it switched over. Hang on just a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are my settings? It says default mic. Is that? Hold on a second. Let me turn mm-hmm. this off. Do I sound any better or does it still sound weird? Uh, it sounds different, but like you sounded like you got far away sounding. So I turned up this, the volume on my side. Yeah. And then you got further sounding away again, but just that's talk weird. a little bit. Talk, talk, talk. This, yeah, you sound you know, now. Okay, good. All right. Well, just to kind of fill the listeners in, what I was complaining about earlier is, is as I do, I was watching uh, old training videos for grocery stores because that's how I spend my uh, Saturdays. <laughs> Today is Sunday. That's right. That's how I spend my Sundays. And <laughs> I, I, I do think that like um, I, and we've talked about this on the show before. I think I have like an unhealthy amount of nostalgia. Where, yeah, but I think part of it is because I have such a vivid memory. Let me send you actually a picture real quick. This I think this is funny. I saw this 
so I went over to Will, shout out to Peaceful Treason, Will's house for uh, a, a Super Bowl party. But like, I don't, I'm not really, I don't care about either one of the teams. And I also don't know anything about sports really. But his neighbor was throwing this away. I just sent it to you through the, the signal chat. Huh. And instantly I was like, holy shit. I kept all my toys in this when I was a kid. Yeah, we had we did, had these exact same bins, and yeah. you can they stack up. They're actually really cool bins. They stack up, and they've got like a little lip on them, so they're really easy to put things and take things out. We had a mm-hmm. bunch of toys in them, so like I spend like the, my existence is seeing things that remind me of things in the past. Yeah, and uh, so I get these like in these like kind of rabbit holes of nostalgia, I guess where like, I'm like, but I do think that, and a a really good example of this was on our way back from Will's. We stopped to get McDonald's ice cream. I, I know for a fact the service at McDonald's was not this bad when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact that the service at the grocery store was not this bad when I was younger. And I know the grocery stores were at least the ones in my hometown. And I did live in a small town, so things are uh, are generally different in a small town. But the grocery stores were cleaner. The the grocery grocery staff was nicer. There was a person who knew how to bag groceries. They didn't have automatic checkout at that time, but uh, I didn't like I would have no fear to go check out with a high schooler from my hometown when I was young. I know that they're just going to be rude or uncaring, or they're going to bag my groceries incorrectly. Like there's always some sort of problem going through the in-person grocery bagger. I, and I would prefer not to use the automated one because I also find the automated one annoying, but uh, I would rather deal with a machine that, flashes lights because i put the item in my bag too quickly than with a person who is like rings up the the salami three times and then sets it on top of the eggs or something you know so or like squishes my bread with a carton of milk like like there's like things go in the bags in particular orders heavy things should be on the bottom it shouldn't be squishing bread like you know there's also I I if I have corn chips I don't want my corn chips in the same bag with a heavy thing because then the corn chips get broken then I have fewer corn chips that are easy to scoop salsa with there's a whole lot of reasons here I know these things were not this bad when I was younger and I verified this with my parents and they were like no things are are much worse than they used to be they're like but it's just you know that's just the way it is and well like and that's the you know. I have lived in roughly the same area my entire life. And the area that I live in has double or tripled in size. You know, like Virginia Beach has grown very large. Norfolk has grown very large. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I remember, and this is kind of one of those things is like, the you know like the 90s joke was like fast food service was garbage yeah like well it was compared compared to like a sit-down restaurant but it was still better than than i I swear to god this guy i i have i have lots of pet peeves as you know 
Mm-hmm. I don't want people telling me my bad when I'm asking for an ice cream cone. Like, I I don't understand. Like, I don't. I'm at. I get. We we stop for an ice cream. I just want an ice cream cone. It's very easy. How can you get the order wrong? And also, then like I can't understand you. You talk too low. You you stop in the middle of the order to talk to somebody else inside the store. Then I can see them through the window too. All of them arguing over what the order is. It's a fucking ice cream cone. How is this a complicated order? I, I don't understand. <laughs> and then they try to hand me a iced tea. But this is. But the thing is, if this was one time, it, it is comical because if it. And this is sort of malice talks about this, where he's like, the service is so bad, it becomes like funny because mm-hmm. because it, it's kind of absurd, and you're and you start going like, is this a joke? Like, what is going on here? It. I mean, it was. It was that absurd where it was, and but it would not be that weird. And and you know what's funny is we go to this this McDonald's because this McDonald's is better service than the other one, which is even worse than this. <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand how people like we don't we we never eat order at McDonald's really other than soft serve ice cream cone. It's a treat that we get when we're coming home a lot of times because we like we like their soft serve. But although their machine's always broken, that's another thing that makes no sense. But. Uh, well, I mean, there's like some big thing on the internet about that specifically. I know that that's a joke all the time. Is that like everybody who goes to McDonald's? No, and there, machines there's, there's like broken? straight up a documentary about like why that breaks so frequently. Oh, really? I, I'm gonna watch yeah, that documentary because like I'm wondering. It, so it, it, it makes the, no sense. It's, it's broken fifty percent of the time. Well, here's the thing: is like what I, I, I kind of got the impression that it was like McDonald's forced everybody to buy the machines from like a like one specific company and then that company just sucks. And so it'd be like, okay. you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, if Ford made you buy like all your tires from, you know, Joe's tire shack and it's right. like Joe's out back making tires for all the Ford. Like, okay, <laughs> right. keep up. Or, right. You know, like, and I could be totally wrong on the real reason, but that's what I kind of got the flavor of from like just random internet comments. But uh, that's the thing to me is like, I, one of the things is, and like, this is kind of like a uniquely you thing is you approach every situation, at least in my experience with you, very open and honest and like ready to be impressed by somebody. And it's not that I think you shouldn't approach the situation like that, but it's kind of like, like when, a like my friend growing up, whose family was from they, his parents immigrated here and like, sometimes you would be watching them interact with like service folk. And it was like clear that something wasn't translating through. And, you know, as you've mentioned on the show quite a few times, you're a bit hard of hearing. That's true. And to be like, you know, you don't, you don't work in an office anymore. You like, you do go out to eat and you go over to Will's and you know, all of your other friends in in the Fort Worth area. But it's not like you like where like I work in an office with 20 plus people five days a week. So I have to listen to like a whole bunch of different talking styles and things like that. So to me, it's kind of like one of those, I'm not saying it's you, but like, it's also like I've been around you where things like, it's not that they're going wrong, but it's like, I don't think Jacob's hearing what they're actually saying. 
but I also like kind of get that almost like white nighty is the wrong like word for it, but it's like, I want to be helpful, but it's like, no, 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 Jacob's my age. He can figure this out. Like if like, yeah. so, <laughs> but that's kind of that thing where it's like, you know, Why you're just you, watching. Yeah. I'm just watching. I'm like, well, he said iced tea. Jacob said ice cream. This guy heard iced tea. And then the guy said iced tea back and Jacob confirmed it. It's like, mm, don't think he wants iced tea. <laughs> but yeah. like, I actually, that's interesting. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't actually think that, that he might've misheard me say iced tea instead of ice cream. Yeah. Uh, and now that you're saying that I go, Oh, okay. Well that actually, th- that is actually not a, that's not a too far off mix up. Yeah. But and, then they were, but they were, but that was the other thing though, is that they were all confused by like, like how, uh, even if it's wrong, well, first of all, you know, it's a McDonald's that has the two windows. So mm-hmm. at the first window, I pay. Yep. My, and my receipt says ice cream. Because I, I yeah. never, I actually never get an ice cream cone. I always get a McFlurry because I like the McFlurries better. Victoria gets ice cream cone. So the McFlurry was no problem. They understood that. It was the ice cream cone. I paid for an ice cream cone, mm-hmm. which is a dollar forty or dollar forty nine, I think. Um, and it says ice cream. And then it says McFlurry. And also they have Stitch toys. Um, I, I probably shouldn't have asked him about Stitch toys because that probably confused the whole thing. But because I was like, I was like, oh, there's Lilo and Stitch toys. Victoria, do you want a Lilo and Stitch toy? Anyways, that's a whole other thing. But the situation was very simple. McFlurry, ice cream cone. The receipt says McFlurry, ice cream cone. You hand, try to hand me iced tea. Now that you're saying it, I do sort of understand that, that confusion. But why is there like five people confused inside the thing about ice cream cone? It All you have to do is just go get an ice cream cone. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's on the, the receipt. The customer, and you know what? The customer service that I understood, I don't mind the speed either. I, I, I'm okay waiting. But the the customer service that I learned at Toys R Us, which most Toys R Us employees did not employ. I used to actually, when I worked at Toys R Us, I thought that everybody's customer service was abysmal except for mine. But I've always thought that. I always think I'm a very good employee. But um but like the the you know the training videos where they're like here at Toys R Us, we care about the clear method, customer service, lively experience, like those types of, I don't know what the I don't remember what the the I don't remember what the anagram was. I just made that up. But uh you know how they have like that thing where they have like a, a word that is stupid and then like yeah, no, each it's, letter it's a, represents it's corporate something. corporate training. I mean like anybody yeah. who's watched the office which I have not gets what you're talking about, but yeah, and, exactly. I, and I get it too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we had that video, and and granted, like I didn't really take it to heart exactly, other than I watched the video and I go, of course, like these are all things that if I was a, I have a degree of empathy. If I was looking for a toy, these are the things that I would want at a toy store: a floor that is clean, that doesn't have boxes all over it that has the item I'm looking for in a clear area. And if I can't find it, staff that knows where things are, staff that's polite, staff that checks out quickly, you know, staff that if they don't know the answer to my question can find out the answer to my question or look for another staff member who can maybe help like those types of things. Whereas like these days, and I know that this is cumulative because I've had just so many bad experiences lately at like retail locations it's just, I don't know where they're finding these people, or I don't know why these people have, I understand they're not being paid very much, but I was not paid very much. 
and I at least took some effort. Like, like take some, it, it's not only about what you're getting paid. It's about just some sort of degree of self-respect where like, it's your work. Even if you're not paid very much to do the job, you should always do an adequate job. And if you feel like you're underpaid for what the job requires, then you need to leave the job. Like well, I, 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 I just, I just have a, I have a high standard for, I don't know what the word, I, maybe it's, maybe it's just customer service, a high standard for customer service, but like part of good customer service, like if you are a shitty customer service representative, you should quit. And I would respect you more than if you were a shitty customer service rep and continued to just work at the same job. I, I, there's something wrong. That I, I guess that's what, what's going on is that, like I don't under I feel like I would live in clown world. It's not just clown world in like that the politics is crazy, but I think I th- I do think and maybe we'll get to that later. Is and I, you and I talked about it a little bit earlier. I think all of this has to do with like our crazy monetary system. I, I think that and, and labor laws. Like the the people that should be working these jobs are kids. These kids are not there. It's adults who feel like this job is beneath them, and that they're stuck in it, and they're getting paid a rate that is probably too high for what they're doing, but probably an appropriate rate for those particular people doing that job. But the, but the wages are bid up because the labor pool has shrunk artificially and their money is losing value constantly and very quickly now because it, you know the last CPI reading was 7.5%. So it's like there's all of these things going on that just leads to this just terrible customer service experience, but it's also, I think, greater than that. It's that and then in addition to all of that, I have like clinical nostalgia or something, <laughs> which I think well, is like it? a, I think it's like a mild form of depression or something like that, because like, I am so nostalgic sometimes that it is, I, I wouldn't say it's crippling because I still get my life done and stuff like that. But like, sometimes I'm going, I'm just like, I don't like how can I, you know, that movie that Superman was in where he looks at a penny and he can go back in time, you know, that movie. I mean, there were like five Superman, so no. <laughs> so, uh, the good Superman, um, the one that fell off a horse and broke his neck. Oh, Reeves? Uh, yeah, no, Chris, I, yeah, I don't know. So there's this movie that he's in where like, I don't remember exactly how it worked, but like he could like stare at a penny from a, a particular time period and he could go back to that time period. Huh. Like I feel like I need to like look at something from like, I would even go back further than 1980. Like something from like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Cause like, I also want modern medicine, but I don't know. <laughs> like I want this amalgamation of like a society that I believe cared and they probably didn't like, no, I, they didn't I, at all. like I probably had this, I, I have this romanticized projection of like what things were like, but I know for a fact that in small town, Eldorado Hills, USA, where everybody knew each other and we saw each other frequently and we recognize each other. 85% of that population was courteous, polite, and had good customer service. And they, and maybe not even, maybe they didn't care about it, but they knew how to run the American program of pretending to care. Well, like, so here's, here's what I, here's the root cause in my opinion. And it's, you've already said it, it's monetary policy. So yeah. like, think about the company that you just left. Mm-hmm. or the company you left that I still work at. Mm-hmm. The owner works there. 
and is there almost every day. Right. And when the owner isn't there every day, it's like he's on vacation, but it's the, he gets the same amount of vacation as everybody else and doesn't take an over amount of vacation. And and so like when, if you want to think about it like this way, like one of the things that's really, so have you guys tried getting soft serve at Chick-fil-A instead? Uh, uh, yes. And actually we did switch for a little while to QT to the soft. Mm. We, we have tried the, the, uh, Chick-fil-A and it's okay. Um, we like QT and QT is actually a better deal. It's 50 cents for the same amount of ice cream, by the way. Yeah. So if anybody has a QT in their area, QT is better. The problem is that, uh, QT is a lot more hit or miss about the consistency of the ice cream. It has more ice crystals in the, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not real dairy ice cream. Yeah. It's like hydrogenized vegetable oil cream or something like that. So uh, it's it's much easier for them to mess it up. Yeah. Uh, so we stopped doing the QT because it's got too big of ice crystals. Chick-fil-A is actually really good, but we don't have a Chick-fil-A by our house. The um, My favorite is the Tasty Freeze, but the Tasty Freeze is all the way in South Arlington. They've got the mm-hmm. best soft serve, I think. It's the most consistent. It's made real dairy, and... Uh, it's just better. And they also have more selections because I don't want the ice cream cone. The only ice cream yeah. cone I will get at Tasty Freeze is the chocolate dipped ice cream cone that has a hard, the hard uh, chocolate shell. Yeah. That's a good one. But they also well, have banana so, splits. They, anyways, but go on to your point because yeah, we're, we're the, connoisseurs of the soft serve. So. <laughs> well, so the, the reason I ask is Chick-fil-A has a requirement that the owner work in the restaurant like five days a week. And Chick-fil-A is... I will say Chick-fil-A service has, I've never been to a Chick-fil-A with bad service. There was oh, one, have. really, there was yeah, one where I'll, I'll the line was way too, there was one where the line was way too long and we end up just leaving. Well, that's, um, that's what you'll often find. But like, so this is one of those things where it's like, so Chick-fil-A used to be in Pembroke mall. Uh huh. And those were the sla- sassiest black ladies ever. <laughs> it was bad service. Okay. But also for whatever reason, I didn't understand how Chick-fil-A worked a lot of the time. And then like was kind of afraid a lot, but like the current versions of Chick-fil-A, they like the franchise is like 5,000 bucks. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before and I think we've talked about it on the show, but you have to work at Chick, have to work at the Chick-fil-A. You can't have a manager. Right. So like one of the things that I was like, you know, I, I listen to like a lot of business podcasts and, but not like business, like you're talking to the CEO of Merck, you're talking to like the CEO of Mason's real estate company or something like that. Sure. And, you know, people talk about like owning franchises and like the idea is to build a franchise. And a lot of these people are like doctors who buy another fran buy a franchise to have like a second income. Yeah. And they just want to be able to hire a manager. Right. But one of the things that monetary inflation has done is basically removed in a lot of the like mid-tier and lower establishments, the yeah. need for the direct owner or the managing owner to work in the restaurant, in the business directly. So remember, um, there was a, do you remember Veeple? Oh yeah, v- yeah, he was yeah, I do remember yeah. him. Uh, I could never he, understand why Veeple was working at his wife's 7-Eleven. 
Yeah, but I used to go and see him all the time at his at that Seven yeah. Eleven. He was he's but, a super friendly guy. Yeah, but that's the thing is like they like exited a company for like a million plus and <laughs> worked at his wife's Seven Eleven. But yeah. like that was a generally well run Seven Eleven because he was it there. Was. So yeah. I think and, that's and his wife the, was there all the time too. Like they I they both worked there. I didn't ever really see the wife, but okay. I wish I had because I really like. I mean, I really liked both of them as yeah. people. Plus, I always, like, I always know, thought they were kind of like to come to dinner all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they were, they were great. Well, I, I used to, I've actually had, I've had, um, you know, uh, T, not Tijuana Flats. Is it Tijuana Flats? The one that's over there by that furniture store on, yeah. um, is yeah. that Tijuana Flats? It is. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've had food with, uh, V pool at Tijuana Flats a couple of times. Cause he would come in with his wife. I don't, I don't know if he and his wife don't like each other or if they, it, maybe it's a cultural thing. But he would come in, and if he didn't have any men, male friends with him, he and his wife would just go off with their female friends, and he would eat by himself. Mm-hmm. So he would come and eat with Federale and me. Yeah, I think that's probably part of it is the uh, thing. But like, but that's the thing is like businesses where the owner works in the business. A lot of the times is a very like, like that's a like, you generally see a better run business then. So. Yeah. I you know, imagine that makes sense too, because you know, in my hometown, El Dorado Hills, the the Taco Bell was owned by the Scar family, who was my my wrestling coach also, or or the the Scars the the boys were uh, coached my wrestling team, and one of the Scar boys managed their all their franchises. They had a couple of franchises in the area. They had a Taco Bell. They. They might have had that McDonald's that they opened there, but that was open toward the end of me living in that area. But uh, mm-hmm. they had several franchises in the area, and he worked at and would manage all of the franchises. That was his job. Like he was in like an adult. Like it was yeah. he. He went to high school with my parents, so he that was his job is to, was to help run the family franchises. Yeah. So that makes and that, sense, and they were all well run. Yeah, and that's the thing is like now the general goal of most business owners and this is taking in the you know the idea of like a lawyer owning a business and a like an entre you know like most entrepreneurs like people who are big into business are coaching entrepreneurs on how to make their exit and that's because there's so much liquid money around that a well-run business is an opportunity for investment now there are plenty of times where it's like, hey, the Mason Joseph, you know, cheese sandwich shop or whatever. And it's like, do I provide anything specific to this? No, we make like 30, you know, 22 different sandwiches. We use store-bought bread. Like, you know, we're not doing anything special. It's just I'm here. And so therefore it's well run. Yeah. Like Jacob wants to run a cheese sandwich shop. So you take over and right. I exit. But it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, they were talking, I was listening to this lady that I think would be very fascinating to talk to otherwise, because like, she was going to become a doctor and then took a job being like a franchise consultant Mm -hmm. and then changed her entire life, like had a biochemistry or was getting like a biochemistry degree or something like that. And like, she's like, would love to go get her master's in acupuncturist. So she's like super like interesting person. Yeah. But like she sets people up with franchises and she like her thing is like, 
the goal, you know, she doesn't have a problem. If you're a guy who like, let's say that like you slipped on the PP and you got good money and you're like, <laughs> right. I'm, I can't turn a wrench anymore, but I know how to run a mechanic shop. Right. So maybe I can get like a Jiffy Lube or, you know, some sort of franchise like that, but right. like sets people up with things like that. But her the point is like, she tries to find franchises where they're five to seven years out from hitting their peak of their franchise ability. So like massage envy. So you yeah. remember like when massage envy was suddenly everywhere or like orange theory and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. She was coaching people to get into those five to seven years before that. Oh, interesting. Cause like when you kind of hit like a three year mark in some of the franchises, it's like, okay, the business is established. It's paying for itself. Possibly now you can get another location and then possibly get another territory. So like, suddenly you've got four or five franchises. So then you can have somebody who professional, you know, like a, a manager now. And then like, as those are all doing well, cause you're still theoretically watching it. Now you've got the guy who's trying to consolidate like half the Eastern seaboard. So he's right. buying you out. And, yeah. you know, so I think there's this thing of <sighs> Americans used to have this dream of owning their own business to work in their business. Because nobody could, like, there was no retiring. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah, was social you just, security. You like, like you you worked until you died, basically, unless you were exceptionally rich. And a lot of the times, you still worked until you died, but you like didn't go like do. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I go into the office once a month, and yeah. then the rest of the time, I'm at the church, I'm at the Boy Scouts, I'm at the you know, the gardening club or whatever, but the introduction of social security and it's abusement of Americans and then Medicare on top of like the monetary policy of basically making your money useless is really kind of destroyed this American culture of, Hey, like you can work and save up enough money to live in your golden years because things aren't wildly inflating all the time. And right. then since the creation of the Fed, we've just had this cycle of how do we strip people of their money and give it to someone else and then create all this extra money. So now it's like, why would you want to work? And like, I mean, I think you and I both kind of have that thing. It's like, we are not adverse to working. Well, I'm kind of adverse to working, but I just kind of want to do whatever I want but I want to have produced enough productive capacity that other people are managing. Like I want to be an investor, right? But I don't want to invest in stocks like you do where like, I want to spend the time to figure it out. I want to just go, Hey Jacob, here's half a million dollars. Just, you know, don't lose it all. Right. <laughs> like whatever trades you're putting on, just put on this other computer. Like I'll set up the computer next to the other computer for you. <laughs> right. Like, but then like, I also want to be going like, Hey, like you got 20,000 bucks. Let me, I'm going to go get my Airbnb guy to set us up like three more Airbnbs mm -hmm. where it's like, you're making money. I'm making money. And we're just doing this, like these businesses that are complementary to each other. So that way we can both be like, Hey, let's go to London for a month Yeah, and just do it. You know, that sort of thing. Or like when you have kids, it's like, Hey, like we're going to just go camping in the West or yeah. like, down in Chile, we're just going to go to the wine country. You know, that's the sort of life that I want to set up. And, but like, that also doesn't lead to the idea of like, you know, 
like we, you know, like our former boss, like, you know, if he didn't, like if it, one of his kids didn't step up to like be the next generation, he would have ran it until he was dead. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. There was yeah. no selling it. There was like. And he, and he lucked out this because, because two yeah. of his sons couldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, though he, he lucked out that one of his sons was actually decent at business. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing. Is, so like, to me, that's kind of where we're, we're at this point of, it's not that like, there's so much money, things are disposable to kind of tie it back to what you and I were talking about. But like, so what I finally, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, interesting where like, the world is disposable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because so I've been buying sauerkraut. And so as you know, I got a sauerkraut making, or I got a sauerkraut making a uh, kit or fermenting kit for sauerkraut and things like that for my yeah. birthday and Christmas. And then like I, today, this weekend, my daughter and I, and today it was specifically started the first batch. Oh, nice. So okay. you got your sauerkraut masher or whatever it's called. Yeah. The, is it a masher the, or kraut, a packer? Kraut pounder. Kraut pounder, that's it. Yeah. 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 So I got that, but like, you know, it's one of those things where like I went to Walmart because I knew I could get these 64 ounce mason jars super cheap there. Yeah. I went to Amazon to buy the um, locking kits. You know, like it, it's so funny. Like I spent all this money to get it you know it's like you used to do where like you would get into a hobby and then like buy a bunch of stuff so i bought i could have bought one of these 64 ounce jars but after making my own kombucha for a while going like ah crap if i don't have like a bunch of extra jars then i'm gonna get off cycle and then i'm gonna run out of it and then i'm just gonna be without so then i'll be back to buying it so i've got to get all these other jars right right (laughs) just making up these excuses in my head to like on why that. So like, you know, it's, it's so interesting how yes, things are disposable, but then like there are people like you and me who are like, yeah, but we'll pay for quality. Yeah. And, but and then I, you're like going like, I want the McDonald's ice cream. And I'm like, that's like it. <laughs> it's, but, and that's the thing is like, I don't, yeah. I don't think you shouldn't like it. Yeah. But of the people I know that, you know, your wife, um, She's Generally, very particular, which is, it, you know, what's very funny is be, because I, I think this, I think McDonald's ice cream might be like one of the few things where she's like, I want the McDonald's ice cream. I'm like, what? Really? And then, yeah. and then I think I just kind of got used to it. Like where now I'm like, oh, I, I like that too. Although I think I would probably, I, I actually don't like soft serve that much. I prefer the hard serve, the like mm-hmm. the one that you scoop. I just think that's better. But yeah, um, like this thing is like there are times I like soft serve a lot, but like so. But that's the thing is so kind of where I was going with that is like your wife is the type of person that like I'm hard pressed to imagine her eating a hamburger from a fast food restaurant. You know, she does once in a while. She just wants a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Well, that's, but that's, that's like, what like, she likes. I, it, it's but, weird. It's weird because like. But you know what? The thing is, I like I like McDonald's hamburgers. And I but don't eat them very a, often because they're not good for you. But, but there's a big difference. Yeah. You and I grew up eating trashy food. Yeah, that's true. In America. Yeah. Your wife did not grow up on these hamburgers. Now, right. that is not to say that 
you know, because your wife having grown up in Kiev, it's not like there wasn't a McDonald's well, she, yeah. there. Well, she grew up in Poltava, but uh, well, yeah, sorry, but then, but yeah, yeah that, but that's the thing is, it's not like there. She didn't have an opportunity sure. to eat cheap fast food or whatever the UK, Ukrainian equivalent well, is. But you it's, know, what's you know what's funny is that like McDonald's there is not cheap fast food. No, c- correct, but that so. but that's what I'm saying is like I know that there are cheap fast food style things in every in every community yeah Yeah, there must be yeah there must be but like so that's the thing is like if your wife was like you know eating street ukrainian food and then you and i'd be like oh this is super exotic and your wife's like that's cow udder because it's just the cheapest (laughs) thing you know like you know it's just like that's all like it's like eating like bologna and hot dogs where you're kind of like they were like oh these are so good and you're like "Uh, if you knew what the meat was (laughs) Yeah. not be eating it but like you then you put like your own homemade type crap. <laughs> but that but yeah. that's my point is like you yeah, and yeah. i grew up on that right and so like yeah i'll do the same thing where like i'll get like i really don't eat a lot of fast food fast food anymore because it's getting so expensive now that it's like all right i could just go to a a more fast casual restaurant and at least have better options yeah, and you know what? And that's the thing too. I, I've noticed this as well. Although, although I never really—I mean, you've known me long enough in my adult life, basically, basically my entire adult life, you've known me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have just never been a fast food person. Yeah, uh, like if I got really high or something like that, like you know, that would be—it would be a go-to or whatever. But like, I would like—I like—I uh, think maybe the like the most fast food that we ate a lot of was Cal's, which is. I don't know if that's fast food. It's pizza. I mean, it's a like it's a higher. It's a local higher end pizza chain that also does non high end things. Yeah, yeah. I think that they're. I think they're very good for pizza. We used to get those calzillas, which you know we could eat those for. Well, for me and Nate, it would you know just be about a day. But like, (laughs) if it was just if it was just me, it could be lunch for the next day or something like that. But yeah. Um, the, like, that's, I think the most fast foodie. I, I know one time we went with, uh, little Japan to Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, like, since I've known you, the times we've eaten at fast food, I can probably count on my hands and I probably remember each one. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, but you know, we ate at Kelly's, which is like a burger yeah. restaurant, but now yeah. those burgers are like nearly $15 at Kelly's. Yeah. Wow. Well, see, that's one thing that Victoria and I have noticed is that, you know, usually when we're on a road trip, we will get, uh, we'll stop at McDonald's or something like that. And, uh, well, usually McDonald's because that, she likes McDonald's cheeseburger. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's also, you know, there's like a normal Mac. I don't know if this has always existed, but we realized recently that there's a normal Mac. You know how there's like the Big Mac, which is like two patties and three buns. Mm -hmm. There's a regular Mac. Did you know that? I'm pretty sure that's something new. Oh, is it? Okay. So I, that's I, the thing I, had, I don't know, but I would guess. Okay. I had never known that this thing existed and we were looking at the menu and she's always like, well, I love Big Mac, but like, I don't want that much food. Mm-hmm. And, and then we, and then like one of the people, her, this was actually a good, a, a good case of customer service, but it was in, it was in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere. And the mm-hmm. person heard us discussing it and they went, you know, we have a normal Mac, which is just one, two buns, one patty. Is basically a cheeseburger, but with the max, the Big Mac stuff on it. 
And this that was a great a great example of of good customer service because they because we were like, well, we want this, but it's too much food. Yeah. But anyways, that's a long way of saying I've noticed that as well, that like it's not cheap to go to a fast food restaurant anymore. I might as well just make hamburgers at home because A, I buy the beef directly from the ranchers and it's much better beef. I I just did I tell you that I got a uh, a hamburger press so I can make no. patties. Oh man! Oh, you told me you'd you'd made some, but I wasn't sure if it was a, a hamburger press or something you had co opted into a hamburger press. Well, I did that at first, and but mm-hmm. they, but Victoria was complaining that they were too thick, so I got like a legit hamburger press. <laughs> um, yeah, they they were pretty thick. I was using one of those uh, those rings that you use to like keep uh, sunny side up eggs in one little area. Yeah, you know those. I don't know what you call those hey. things, but like they're like egg corrals or something like that. So uh, I was using that, but they were they, Victoria thought they were too thick. So I got, and also they were actually a little bit too small because when um, the well, the buns I made were actually too big. I think I don't know. I'm not really sure what the what the one of them's too small, one of them's too big. So I got the <laughs> hamburger press to make larger hamburgers that are thinner mm-hmm. and. Um, game changer for hamburgers by the way it is it's makes perfectly shaped hamburger so during the summer it's not a big deal because i'll just cook them outside but like when you're mm-hmm. i've always had a, a hard time cooking hamburgers in the oven i don't know why but i've never cooked hamburgers in the oven really okay so like when it's when it's when it's winter time i want a hamburger or something like that but i don't want to go outside where it's cold and cook them on the grill um mm-hmm. so and actually, although this this the last couple of days has been nice out, so it's not a big deal. But so I learned how to do them in the oven, and and so there's a couple of tricks. One of the tricks is, well, hamburger press is a game changer. It makes them much better because then your hamburgers are uniform in size, so you don't have to worry about some of them being too thick or some of them being too thin when you're cooking them in the oven. Mm-hmm. Then the other thing is you put them on the cookie sheet, but you put them on like the drying rack on the cookie sheet so that yeah. it it kind of is evenly cooked underneath as well. Are you putting any tin foil in uh, between not yet. The, the wire rack and the sheet? No, but that actually make cleaning a lot easier, so I should do that. Well, that's how my wife does the meatloaf. Okay. So you get the convection around it. So like you don't cap the ends. Like if you're going to like roll the ends up of the foil, yeah. you roll it up t- facing the top of the oven so like mm-hmm. the uh, the grease doesn't go off. Mm-hmm. But it does make greasier burgers or meatloaf or whatever you're doing because it it doesn't drip through the wire rack. But oh, okay, yeah. So that's the thing is like remembering like my dad grills pretty much all the time. So like yeah, I'm used to my dad just me and like so one of the things my is, dad like, makes great burgers. Yeah, like my, my dad is like your dad, very your dad generally is a good cook. Yes, my dad is a generally a very good cook, and he's very inventive with mm-hmm. very limited ingredients. Yeah, like he'll come up with very interesting things with very few ingredients. But like my dad has high hand strength, right, and pretty big forearms. So he has always been very good about compressing the burger because one of the issues with a, a patty press is over compression. Okay. So some people will put too much meat in the press. Yeah. So when it's compressed, it's too dense Mm -hmm. and it makes the burger like too tough. So one of the things to get around that is like, if you know you want like four ounce patties is you weigh out on a scale four ounces and then press those. 
Okay. So, so the, you know what I was doing is because I know that this the beef that I have makes roughly four burgers. I just mm-hmm. divided up the beef into four sections, and that's how I yeah. that's how I determined it. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so like that's that's one of the things. But so ultimately, we started this whole repair uh, diatribe and other things like that because you wanted to talk about your pickle beef. That's <laughs> which right. I wanted to hear about. Oh yeah. So this tur- this turned out really. Heard. Yeah, this turned out really well, and and it, I, I told a couple people about it. it. Turns out it's not that uh, not that unique. Um, I just didn't know about it, but apparently. Uh, so I had leftover pickle juice because I just finished the pickles. Speaking of which, what brand of pickles do you normally get? Uh, that is not a Mason question. Okay. I do like, I like pretty much all pickles. Okay. My wife only likes dill pickles. So yeah. So I'm, I'm whatever I'm with the wife. hell she buys. Okay. Yeah. I'm with your <laughs> wife. I only like dill pickles, but more specifically, I try to buy the best made brand because it's Texas mm-hmm. and I, and also their pickles are very good. So my secondary choice would be Vlasic mm-hmm. and then, um, and then third would be Mount Olive, but it's a distant third Mount Olive, I believe is uh, North Carolina. Um, anything, anything in the South, I'm usually more inclined to buy as opposed to elsewhere, but Vlasic, I don't know where the heck that's from. They just are good pickles. Well, I was um, going to say like, unless they're New York Jewish like a Jewish deli out of New York. Yeah. I'd be willing to try that dill pickle. Be like, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll, one more side tangent real quick. You know, my grandma, she's had a stroke, so she just kind of randomly tells stories. And mm-hmm. one of the stories she was telling me last time I was there, I've heard this story before, but it reminded me of it. They used to have this game in, uh, on Vashon Island where she grew up, which is in the Puget Sound off, uh, basically off of the coast of Seattle they would have this game where they would go down to the um, grocery, the grocery store there on the Island. And for a penny, you could get a pickle from this big barrel. And, but apparently these pickles were super, super sour and they would basically take turns where they would all like, try to like gather up their change and get a penny together. And they would each, they would buy a a pickle and, they would take turns trying to eat the entire pickle without puking because they were so sour. <laughs> and if you could eat the pickle without puking, you would get everybody's penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you could have enough to buy candy or something like that. But if you, if you puke, you would, you would have to give an additional penny or something like that. I don't remember the rules exactly, but <laughs> oh, no, it's like, yeah, like I get it. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's funny. It was very funny, very funny. Uh, kid gambling. Kid game, yeah. <laughs> right, kid gambling, right, exactly. But it's just, yeah. the story, I, I just thought it was really funny. But anyways, so I had this leftover pickle juice. The 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 best maids were sold out. The Vlastics were sold out. Again, kind of an odd thing. I don't know if it's supply train or if it just happened to be that I, I went to the grocery store at a bad time. All they had was Mount Olive. Mount Olive is my third choice, but it's a distant third. A distant, mm. distant third. Best maids, number one. Vlastic, number two. Mount Olive is fine, but... I would prefer one of the others. But anyways, had this pickle juice left over from the Mount Olive. And I finished the olives. Uh, actually, I, I finished them because uh, I, I mostly eat the hamburgers plain. So I make hamburgers and then I just eat them by themselves. Once in a while, I'll get like I'll get like uh, the pack of four buns. And then once I'm done with the four buns, even though I have more burgers left, I'll just eat the burgers by themselves mm-hmm. without anything on them. Uh, or without any uh, bread, I'll just eat. A, I'll just put some like ketchup on them or whatever, any of them that way. But um, 
I was eating them with pickles and sauerkraut. Speaking of your hobby. And mm-hmm. I had this leftover pickle juice and Victoria was like, oh, can I throw this away? And I was like, I was like, yeah. And then she, as she was going, I was like, you know what? Wait, let's see what we can do with that pickle juice. Cause I don't know what, I don't know what pickle juice is useful for, but I was like, maybe I'll make some chicken later because I, I have made chicken where you marinate it in pickle juice. That's what Chick-fil-A does. Yeah. And then I was, I, well, that's, I think where I got it was Chick-fil-A. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, I was thinking about it and I was like, I've got this, this, uh, all this beef left from this cow that we bought. And I, and most of the cuts I had left were these like very large cuts that I didn't really know what to do with. So in my mind, I was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to marinate this beef in pickles and pickle juice. And then I am going to make a pulled pork, like a, basically a pulled pork, but with beef. And I want it to be more like Italian. And so I was like, oh, I know. It's already going to be pickly and sour. So I'll use, I'll make like a balsamic vinegar Italian beef, which, and I'll just use like Italian spices, which is to me garlic, um, oregano, cardamom. Um, coriander, thyme, rosemary, uh, black pepper, and then crushed red pepper. Like that to me is Italian spices. I don't know if that's really Italian spices, but in my mind, that's Italian spices. It's, like it's pretty close. Yeah, I, I think that most of those things would be an Italian food, right? Oh, yeah, so. Like so there were a few in there where I'm like, yeah, but not like a traditional, not traditional American Italian. Let's say okay, but yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's that's in my mind what it was, and then I put in um, some balsamic vinegar, a little bit of brown sugar to make it sweet, some soy sauce, which is not really Italian, but I like I like to have the soy sauce flavor, and mm-hmm. um, and then a little fermented fish sauce, which is also Asian because it gives that mm, nice that sauce. nice yeah that fish sauce is real good. It, it makes pretty yeah. much all meals a, a little bit better. It gives that extra kick of that sort umami. of meaty taste. Yeah, the umami taste that sort of like. Yep. Yeah, it's good. I like it a lot. And um, so I put in a little brown sugar, a little bit of balsamic vinegar, um, a little bit of apple cider vinegar, just a, a little bit, like a, t- a tablespoon. Um, what else did I have? Uh, uh, broth. Beef, uh, well, it was actually chicken. Well, it was that, you know, those bouillon cubes? It was mm-hmm. chicken chicken bouillon cubes that we got at the Russian store. I'm not really sure. Um I don't know if they're available everywhere. We, we just get these, we get these bullion cubes at the Russian store. They're pretty good. And um, I think that's it. I think that was everything in it. And then I did, and then I put in the pressure cooker and then I, and then when it came out, I pulled the beef out and I'll tell you one of the most satisfying things when you're making food that's on a bone is when you have correctly cooked it like in a slow cooker or a pressure cooker, and then you reach in to pull it out and the bone just comes out with nothing on it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, isn't that satisfying? It is. Yes. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, I've done it correctly because all of the meat fell off the bone. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, sh- you know, shredded it up and then I drained the, the juices off of it. And I, and I reduced that into like a, uh, like a gravy, I guess. Um, I think what we're going to do, the gravy was a little bit too fatty. I think, so I think what we'll do is uh, what we put in the fridge when, when it, it cools off and the fat on the top solidifies a little bit, I think we're going to scrape mm-hmm. that off and then we'll just have gravy that's less yeah. fatty. Um, Cause we, it was a lot. It was like six pounds of, of whatever that type of beef was. And, uh, 
I think it was it was some sort of roast, I think. Mm-hmm. And um but it turned out really good. Victoria liked it. The potatoes turned out really well. I just made regular old mashed potatoes with butter and milk. And um but you know, it and then what's funny about it is I was telling people at the Super Bowl party about it, and they were like, That's just balsamic beef. I was like, is that a thing? And they're like, yeah. And we looked it up. It was basically the same recipe. <laughs> so, so I just kind of came up with it in my mind. They had a couple just, of other things in it. Uh, they didn't do the soy sauce. They didn't do fish sauce. Yeah. And they, oh, and I used liquid smoke also to give it a little bit of smoky flavor. And mm-hmm. um, they didn't do that either. But like basically everything else was the same. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I've never heard of. I've, I'm sure if I, I may have heard of balsamic beef before, but like my wife makes a pickled beef that's kind of the same thing like i it's not that i don't like it it just doesn't the flavor doesn't always speak to me because like i'm just not that into pickles got it okay or like dill like i really don't care that much about dill and i don't particularly enjoy intense dill flavor well which this, is part this was of the interesting. reason i'm not married to a ukrainian yeah this didn't <laughs> act, this didn't actually have in my opinion it wasn't very pickly it was a mm-hmm. little bit balsamic-y yeah uh, the balsamic was definitely more prominent than the dill. I, I think yeah. the I think the whole the marinade itself did its job making it extremely tender, so that it just basically fell apart, which is what well, I also wanted. Also, pressure cooking it, yeah, that too. Helps. Yeah, and I and we did. We I pressure cooked it for uh, um, a hundred and fifteen minutes. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, so um, I don't know how long that is. That's almost two hours, I think. It is five minutes short of two hours. Okay. And then I let it, and then I let it depressurize naturally rather than opening the valve. So, oh, wow. yeah, so it was, it was extremely tender. None of it was burnt, which was awesome. Like a lot of times with the, uh, with the Instapot, I have an issue that like when I cook something like that, it burns mm-hmm. and, uh, this was fine. It didn't burn at all. I think I did it correctly though. This time, I think sometimes like I put the meat right on the bottom. This time I added all of the liquids, then I seared the meat and then I add the meat. Yeah. And I think that helped make it so they didn't get burned and stuck to the bottom. Well, I will uh, look forward to enjoying this recipe with you in Texas at some point. Yeah. But uh, I've got to get head into bed. Okay. Uh, but this has been one of our more eclectic episodes. So I love, uh, can't wait to see the comments on just the random nostalgia that people have or the people who are like, you idiots, X, Y, Z. Yeah, <laughs> so, they may be. So let me yeah. let me do some uh, Childeberg plugs because we're getting closer yeah. to it. Uh, there, the um, campsites are up on the website now at Childeberg.com. We have sold, as of this recording, I will refresh it real quick. We have sold 78. So we've sold 78 campsites so far. There's still many more available, so uh, head over there if you want to join us at uh, Childeberg this year. We've got a lot of fun things going on. It's it's uh, our annual camping trip to Muleshoe Bend Recreation Area in Central Texas. It's uh, May 28th through 30th this year, mm-hmm. and um, I hope to see you all there. It, it, we, we're getting a lot of reservations, so I think this year is going to be really big. Yeah. It's going to be great. We have some surprises being worked on um, and then just general fun times. Uh, so if you plan to come and you want to do stuff and that's not kind of on the official itinerary, start using that hashtag at Childerberg or whatever the 
you say to say you're using a hashtag, uh, but to let other people know that you're coming and that you're trying to get stuff set up. That's right. All right. Well, oh, goodness. I think, I think that's yeah. it for this show. And um, I guess we will see you all next time. And maybe we'll have some more alcohol talk next time. I do have a couple of beers to review, a couple of wines to review. Um, we Sweet. just didn't get them to get to them this week, but I will probably get to them next time. So stay free, everybody. Stay free.